the Gnostic uh, thinking which, was, which said that uh, everything spiritual is great, everything is physical is evil, so do what you, live what you like as long as the spiritual is okay. That's what John's been addressing. And he's also been addressing false teachers and, and, and people within the church who have gone off onto tangents and left the church. And I have a suspicion that at the end of his letter he wants to leave his readers on a high note. I don't know, that's the sort of letters I like writing and I like reading. Uh, I like reading those books that leave me on a high note. I like to leave people on a high note when I write letters to them, uh, even if it's a um, strong letter encouraging them to change their behaviour. I still like to leave them on a high note at the end. I suspect that's what John's doing here. He's wanting the believers of the day to lift their heads up. Don't let their heads hang low under the pressure of, um, of, of the struggles of life. He wants them to lift their heads up and be who God intended them to be, to understand the victory that they have because of who Jesus is and what he's done. So I suspect that that's what God wants us to learn today. And you may not have noticed it, but my voice is a bit croaky and it may fail. So you're going to help me out with the Bible readings today. So uh, whenever there's a Bible reading up there, everybody can read it at the same time, okay? And that'll help me to say, uh, to save my voice. But I think this passage is where God is telling us that we've got to think like winners. We've got to live a life that's a life of victory, no matter what the circumstances are around about us. How do we do that? Uh, why should we do it? And what's God promises that happens when we do have that attitude? So let's read. 1 John chapter 5 and you might like to start reading for me. Okay, let's read it together. Everyone who believes Verse 3 This love is for God. get that? Verse 4 and 5. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Not faith in who we are, but faith in who Jesus is. Verse 5 says, who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we can have victory because of our faith in Jesus. Still a choice. We still have a choice. And the choice is whether we uh, live in that victory or whether we let the world overwhelm us. And so the first thing I want you to think about today is if we choose to live in victory, we must understand that the victory that Christ has is our victory too. So, Jesus is victorious over sin and death and and all that sort of stuff and so that's our victory too. Who is it that overcomes the world? Followers of Jesus. People who believe in Jesus. So, Jesus is victorious over sin, death and, uh, and, and the devil. We believe in him. So therefore we are victorious over sin, death and the devil. When the world tells you that you can't survive the circumstances that you're in, your faith in Jesus gives you the victory saying you can survive the circumstances that you're in. When it looks like the the devil has completely destroyed your life and anything near you, your faith in Jesus 
gives you the victory knowing that the devil is defeated. It's pretty simple really, isn't it? When it looks like all hope is gone, your faith in Jesus gives you the victory reminding you that, that your hope is real and your hope is fulfilled in Christ. So Christ had victory over sin, death, hell, Satan. You have victory over sin, death, hell and, hell and Satan. So we need to choose. Will we, will we live in that victory or will we let those things overwhelm us? It's your choice. Nobody can twist your arm. You choose to believe in Jesus and all that entails. And, and part of that is you, have, you can have victory in life. Read, read for me the next passage in 1 John chapter 5 from verse 6. And it goes like this. Verse 3. This is the one. another choice to make if we want to be victorious, if we want to live in victory. The second choice that we need to make is, sorry, verse 12. Read verse 12 too. He who has the Son has life. He does not have the Son of God, does not have life. If we choose to live in victory, we must understand that Christ's victory is God's testimony. That's what those verses are talking about. They are saying that God is giving personal witness to who Jesus is. This is God giving witness. Not just another person, another man, but God is giving witness to who Jesus is. And we know that from the scriptures. Gives that uh, witness in three ways. The water, the blood and the spirit. And, oop, and all right, the water is important because what does it mean that the water is a witness? Uh, when you look at Jesus' life, it means that he was born as a totally man. So, and we know that how many percentage, what percent of our body is water? Any scientists, physicists? Yeah, something like that, a lot of it. And so he was born of water, as it were, totally human. His physical birth through Mary, that's a testimony to God because it was a miraculous birth. But the second thing is his physical death is a testimony by water. Do you remember when? The uh, soldier pierced Jesus' side. What came out? Blood and water. And so the Bible commentators say that, that this testimony from God is that, yes, even though Jesus did all these wonderful things in his three years of ministry, when he died, he died totally man, totally God, for the sins of all mankind. The second thing that... Um, or the third thing rather that, that comes out of the water aspect is that Jesus was prepared to go under the water 
in his baptism. Do you remember that part of his life? It was a time when John the Baptist was out preaching, preaching repentance uh, to the people of Israel because they'd wandered away from God's uh, standards, God's uh, laws. And so he was calling people to come back, to get right with God in anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. So Jesus went and got baptised too. Did he need to? No, because his life was sinless. He hadn't rejected God. But why did he do it? He did it because he wanted to identify with the people of Israel, with the nation, God's people. And he wanted to show them that he too was a part of that nation and he was identifying with them. Amazing thing happened at Jesus' baptism, didn't it? <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, the presentation, if you like, of uh, God uh, pouring out his spirit on Jesus at his baptism, empowering him for the next three years of ministry. But as well as that, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God gave testimony through the water, through the baptism of water, that Jesus was his son. The second thing that was mentioned in those three witnesses was the blood. And we know that when Jesus died on the cross, it was as if he were baptised in the blood that he shed. And he shed that blood so that our sins might be covered, so that our sins might be paid for, our disobedience might be paid for, so that there would be that remission of the results of sin. That's what Jesus died for. So there's the, the water and the blood. And the third thing that John writes about here is the witness is the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism uh, for power, for ministry. And the first two witnesses, the water and the, um, and the blood, are very visible things, things that we're familiar with. They're very uh, able to be seen by our eyes, but the third witness is not. The witness of the Spirit can only be seen by how it changes a person into the likeness of Jesus, into the likeness of God. And Jesus said over and over again, he says, I do nothing on my own, I only do, what, and do, and, do and say what the Father tells me to say. So what Jesus did, what he said, was what the Father wanted people to hear. So in effect, God was giving testimony to who Jesus was. So our, uh, if we want to live in Christ's victory, then we need to live not only uh, knowing that it's our victory, but God's testimony is for us as well. Read these verses, please. 1 John 5 verses 13 to 15. Let's read verse 13. be jotting down the references for these because these are some great promises in God's word, aren't they? If you ever have a doubt that you are not that you are a child of God, go back to 1 John and read these verses. What did the previous verse say? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If ever you're discouraged in your Christian walk, if ever there's a, a pressure of circumstances in your life, go back and read these verses. These are great promises. If ever you struggle in prayer, have a look at these verses. We can ask God anything according to his will and he hears us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm going to try something this morning. 
in a minute once my voice picks up a little bit. Sadly though, I've heard many followers of Jesus say, I wish that this would happen. I wish that this would happen. Or, or when God's saying, just ask me. Ask me if it's my will and I will make it happen. He said in another passage, you don't have it because you haven't asked me for it. So I just wonder if that's something we need to learn how to do. We need to learn how to know what God's will is so that we can confidently ask him to act on his will. How do you find out what God's will is for you? How do you, when you pray, do you ask the Holy Spirit that is within you to reveal to you what the will of the Father is? And then do you ask the Father for it? Yeah, this might be a new concept for you because sometimes we just come to God with our shopping list, don't we? Lord, um, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And uh, will God really hear that sort of prayer? Is that his will for us? I'm sure he probably listens to us more when we're praying on behalf of other people. Lord, uh, work in that person's life. Bring that person to faith in Jesus. And it's often the selfish prayers that I don't think God really answers. What do I do? Often uh, people say, will you pray for me about something? And so my first prayer is to God alone. Lord, show me what your will is in this matter. How does he do that? For me, often if my prayer is sincere, he will bring a verse or a story of the, of the Bible to mind. I was praying for someone this week uh, regarding some physical, uh, physical condition they're in and I, and I said, Lord, how do I pray for this person? And you know the picture he brought to my mind and this chokes me up. The four men that brought the paralysed man to Jesus, they dug a hole in the roof and they dropped that, they lowered that man down to Jesus and he healed them. Healed that man. And I thought, Lord, is this what you want me to do today? Do you want me to bring this person to you? Because you can do it. So that's what I did. I said, Lord, I'm bringing this person to you today. You are able to heal this person and I trust them to you. That's all he asks us to do is to is to hear his will and to pray his will. And he says he will hear us. We can have that confidence that we are in God's will and that he will, when we are in God's will, he will listen to us when we pray. Do you want victory over a particular sin? Do you want to uh, know God's plan for your life? He has a will, he, that's his desire for us to ask him along the way. His desire for us is to live lives free of sin. So we can ask him about those things. There's a song that I learnt last century. Isn't it interesting saying that? In the uh, 60s and 70s. It was out of this little book here. Some musicians will recognise that book. Songs of Praise, book one. And it's those verses that we just read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Does anybody know this song, by the way? Good. You want to sing it with me right now? We're going to do it a cappella if I start on the right note. <coughs> if you don't know it, if you don't know it, then uh, listen to the first time through. We're going to sing it twice, okay? And it goes something like this. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything According to his word, he hears us, and if we know that he 
hears us, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. It's a waltz. Well, it was supposed to be a waltz. You want to try it again? It's a great tune. You know, one of the things that disappoints me a little bit is that a lot of our modern songs, even though they're great, they don't help us to learn scripture like this one did and like others did. Let's try it again. Think you want to give it a go? So now that I've twigged everybody's memory from the last century, (coughs) try it again. Let's try it. One, two. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he is our standard. We know that he hears us. We know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Does that bring back some memories for people? Who remembers that verse when we need it? Sometimes we just don't, we don't know what to pray. And so I'm so glad that God brings that song back to my mind, brings those verses back to my mind, so it enables me to pray for people in any given situation. You want to, you want to try it out? You want to test God this morning? No, it's not a good thing to do is to test God, is it? You want to test our faith this morning? I'm going to encourage you to do something in a minute, uh, to pray for one or two people right where you are. Perhaps there's a, a family group or a couple of friends that might turn around and pray together for a few minutes. And in particular, I want, to, want you to ask, ask you to pray for Lee Dean. Many of us know Lee. She comes in the wheelchair and she has this uh, uh, sensitivity, nervous condition. But right now she's in extreme pain, has been for a couple of days, excruciating pain. And I said that I'd ask folk to pray for her this morning. So, if you want to just turn around with a couple of minutes, if you're uncomfortable, don't pray, just, just turn around and pray for a couple of minutes. For, for Lee, there's a number of other folk that are unwell in our congregation at the moment. So, please um, pray for them. Let's do that. Just pray for a couple of minutes and then I'll finish it off. Uh, and we can pray all together. Father, I thank you that, uh, uh, and certainly it blows my mind that you can hear all our prayers when we're praying at the same time and you answer them when we pray in your will. Father, we have no doubt that your desire for Lee is to see her restored to a place where she can enjoy life every day, endure uh, the, the difficulties that she faces, but trust you 
uh, throughout the, uh, the circumstances she's in. Lord, I thank you that her faith in you is strong. She uh, trusts you to provide answers for her physical condition and Lord, she knows that you're with her throughout each day. Father, there are others in our, in our fellowship that are struggling with health issues. Uh, we've brought some of the, them before you today. Lord, we know it's your desire that, that people shouldn't be uh, affected by uh, this world and the, and the results that have come uh, through diseases and the like. Lord, we pray that, that uh, as people trust you, then you'll do amazing things in their bodies. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the uh, medical professionals and, and, and other professionals who are able to give guidance and, and, uh, and Lord, use them in our lives as well. Father, we pray that we'll be rejoicing when we hear of what you're doing in Lee's life and in other people's lives in these coming days. We want to give you all the praise and glory in that, in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 5, please read for me. Verse 16. Let's read together. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, Thank you for reading those. Another choice we make, if we choose to live in Christ's victory, then we must understand that by doing that, we are choosing security. If we, if we choose to live in victory, we must understand that Christ's victory is our security. What does that mean? We have security in life through Jesus. There's some proof of that in the scriptures. We, we, there's proof that we have security through Christ. And do you know what one of the proofs of that is? Satan's attacks. Why would Satan attack us if we weren't living for Jesus? He doesn't have to try very hard with people who aren't living for Jesus, does he? He's already got them confused. He's already got them uh, misled into a selfish lifestyle. But if you feel that you're under Satan's attack, then it's because you're living for Jesus. Your security is that Satan can't harm you. Because Christ has given us the victory. God's grace, God's mercy cannot be taken away by anything that Satan chooses to do in our lives. He wants us destroyed. But because Christ is victorious over him, I want to tell you that Satan can never destroy us. So our security is in Christ's victory. We have proof of our security because God's Holy Spirit is in us. If we weren't followers of Jesus, God's Spirit wouldn't be in us. So what's uh, Paul say? The Spirit is the guarantee of our salvation. So God's Holy Spirit is in us. 
And the reason why we can pray for a brother or sister who's struggling in sin is because God's Holy Spirit can get to them better than what we can. God's Holy Spirit can, can quicken their conscience. He can get them thinking about the right things rather than the wrong things. So we have proof that our security is in Christ because that's what the Holy Spirit does to us too, isn't it? Not just praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are struggling with sin, but the Holy Spirit convicts us as well. And the third, th- third reason why we have proof that our security is in Christ is because sometimes God has to discipline us. We don't like it, do we? We don't like it when God has to teach us a lesson. We don't like it when, uh, when God wakes us up and says, you're going the wrong way, get back on the right track. But he does it because he loves us. He does it because he wants us to walk with him for eternity. And God's discipline proves that we are secure in Christ. He doesn't want to let us just go. He wants us to walk with him. There's a, um, those verses talk about the sin that leads to death and there's a, a couple of views on that. One is the, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit which means that uh, those people who uh, attribute to, to God, to Satan, the things of God, they are bl- blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That means if somebody sees something happen, they say, Satan did that when really it was God who was doing it. That's a sin that can't be forgiven. Another view on those verses is that those people who have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour, well, they are living in sin that leads to death. But the hope is, the hope is that people will receive God's gift of grace, will receive God's gift of forgiveness, will know his restoration, will know his hope. That's what we have because of our victory, because of Christ's victory. I wonder, will you choose not to be a whining, whinging Christian? Will you choose to wake up each day knowing that who you are in Christ is because of the victory that Christ has already given? Will you wake up each day knowing that you can ask God anything according to his will? He will hear you. He will answer you. That's the choices we make. Nobody can force you to do that. But I guarantee you if you start making those choices every day, your outlook for the day will change. Uh, even if you've got a difficult day ahead, if you start choosing to live in the victory that Christ has given you, then your day will change. Let me pray for you today. Father, we, <laughs> excuse me. we thank you. We thank you that all has been achieved through what Jesus did for us on the cross. We thank you for the fact that he gives us this incredible hope for the future and a purpose for every new day because he has defeated sin and death and the devil. And Lord, we know that we're not perfect and that uh, you've got a lot of work to do on us yet, but we know that you're working salvation out in our lives and you're changing us moment by moment into who you are, Lord Jesus, and what you're like. We thank you for your spirit within us that reminds us of the choices we should make every day. We thank you for the spirit that empowers us to live lives that model Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the way you led John to write this letter so many years ago.
to the particular situation that was faced by the church in that day. But I thank you that it's very real, it's powerful and it's a living word for us today, Lord. And we take great encouragement and hope in the promises that are in it. Lord, help us to remember them. Help us to live by them day by day. Help us to know that victory which comes because we are faithful followers of Jesus. That faith in Jesus overcomes the world. Father, we want to live like that. And we want to be seen to be living like that so that other people might ask us why we live the way we do so that we might point them to Jesus. This is our desire. We want to bring honour and glory to you today, dear Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we choose to be more than conquerors in Christ.